Well, this morning we want to welcome two men who are dear friends of our church. We have Jeff Oswald with us. Jeff is the Michigan Director of Baptist Children's Home. Some of you may remember he was with us the first Sunday in May and shared with us and gave us an update about the children's home here in Michigan. And then, of course, he was with us for the Bikeathon uh, back in August. Also, we have our speaker this morning, Abraham Thomas. He is the director of Agape Royal Ministries in India. He is from India. Some of you may remember that he was with us back in 2015. At this time, Jeff is going to come. He's going to share with us about the Bikeathon and then also give uh, or introduce Abraham. So. Well, it's good to be with you again this morning. Greetings from all of our staff and our young people at the Baptist Children's Home. Very grateful for uh, your participation in the Bikeathon this last year. Uh, I've been holding on to the, the figures for that. We raised $45,111.05 um, with the Bikeathon, and all of that is going to help young people around the world where we're ministering in here in the United States. In Liberia, in Myanmar, and then also in India. And I uh, just want to give a special thanks to Dennis Whitlock and Don Benson for their efforts here. And I uh, would love to partner with you again. We're kind of, we've kind of talked about that. Uh, I know that August 22nd is going to be the date of that event. So if you set that aside, I uh, would love to partner with you in that one more time. But uh, I want to introduce to you this morning our speaker and Abraham come. Uh, I could give you all kinds of accolades of uh, accomplishments and degrees and other things this man has, but more than anything else, uh, this is my brother in Christ, co-laborer in the Lord, and uh, he sat at my table in 1995, um, wishing to uh, and hoping to do child care ministry in India. Um, the need there is great. He tells me there's over 20 million young people that live on the streets in India, and uh, he cares for a handful of them, several hundreds actually, but uh, just uh, a great brother, and uh, he will bless us this morning. Abraham, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, brother. Good morning. I'm so thankful to all of you and Pastor Tim for giving me this wonderful opportunity to be with you this morning and share about what God is doing in India. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we can say hallelujah and still be Baptist, okay? <laughs> yep. It's a great joy for me to be here this morning and worship the Lord with you. I was born and raised in a Christian home at the age of nine. My mom led me to the Lord. I was uh, 15 years old when God called me into ministry. And I went to Bible college when I was 17, graduated in 1981, and started as a Baptist preacher and teaching in a Bible college, preaching in crusades. In 1993, we started Agape Royal Ministries to reach the unreached people through preaching the gospel, planting churches, and engaging in compassion ministries. We started from the scratch. And, but the Lord has been so good to us that we could develop a ministry by God's grace, and Agape Royal Ministries has uh, three major projects. One is uh, Bible College, the other is church planting, and also we have uh, child care. And um, I just want you to see this, uh, uh, some slides. Uh, sorry about that. You do it there? Okay, thank you. 
And next slide will show you. India is a country where so many gods are being worshipped. This is a temple in North India for rat god. Temple for rat god. And, uh, and next slide will show you. There is a devotee sitting there before the rats. And the rats are on her lap and head and shoulder. And she thinks God is blessing her. Do we need such a blessing? No. We do not. And then uh, we'll see the next slide where these major projects I have already mentioned and we'll go forward and uh, see uh, the ministry of our uh, ministry to them. We'll go to the next slide. Yes, this is the Bible college we started in 1990, uh, in 2001 with eight students in a rented house. And the Lord has blessed. Now we have students from four different countries India, Nepal, and Myanmar. You see the student body and faculty and staff. And the uh, next slide will tell us about the recent graduation in March uh, 2nd. We had 43 students graduated. We have over 500 graduates serving the Lord uh, in India, Nepal, and Myanmar. To God be the glory. We also have a new project that we want to start. Uh, Master of Theology course. This is a fully accredited college, and Jeff has been there, so he knows what's going on there. And once we complete this building, we are now raising support, fund for this building. Once it's completed, we will have Master of Theology course. And that is to train young people uh, to be uh, the professors in Bible colleges, defend the Christian doctrine, become the outstanding Christian leaders in India without compromise. There's a lot of Bible colleges became so liberal. We want to stand for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And next slide will show you one of our graduates working in Nepal. His name is Hari. Hari from a Hindu background. He visited our graduates, uh, his friends in India. India and Nepal are bordering. So when he was there, our graduates met with him and began to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And he accepted Christ as his personal savior. And he, was, he has been discipled for a couple of months. He went back to Nepal so happy because he got a Bible, Nepali Bible. And he wanted to share uh, with his parents that he became a Christian. Guess what happened? Get out of this house. And he had to leave the home. And his father did a funeral for him when he was still alive. It's a Hindu ritual. So he came to our Bible college, uh, completed his study. There was no support of any kind. We took care of all his expenses, went back and married that Christian young lady and began to start church, a church blind with others. Next slide will show you the church blind aspect. There are, uh, there are seven churches in this area. There are 25 churches all, all, already there in uh, Nepal. So this church... There are only Hindu and Buddhist converts there because there are no Christians. Nepal is the only Hindu nation on the globe. There is anti-conversion law, but amazing things are happening. We have been praying for his parents and siblings to come to the Lord, but uh, nine years, prayer never been answered. But when I was here Thursday, I received a message from Hari saying that his parents visited him after nine years and uh, along with his brother and family and his father said hurry you pray for us 
and he prayed and he began to share the gospel all four of them accepted Christ as the personal savior to God be the glory and next few slides will show you the baptisms it amazes me the Buddhist people Hindu people they are receiving the gospel and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving believers baptism and we also have a ministry in Myanmar formerly known as Burma and our graduate one of our graduates serving the Lord there started a new church plant and Burma is known for Buddhist worship it's Buddha worship and you can see that small church as well and next slide will show you the baptism took place in Myanmar God is at work and this is to tell you that we started church plant in 97 with two churches planted in December 97 hundred dollars a month was our total income in 97 other than the child care from hundred dollars God began to bless and multiply from two churches now we have planted 450 churches in India Nepal and in Myanmar again to God be the glory he did it we also work with the Muslims and I truly believe along with you that Muslims need to hear the gospel because there's no other way for salvation there is no name under heaven by which anyone can be saved there is only one name and one person that is the person of Jesus Christ his name alone he should be preached every nook and corner of this planet so that people will come to salvation so we work with the Muslims we have about seven graduates working with the Muslims in one location after five years we had our first convert and in another location we already have 12 house churches uh, it's already planted in there's a city where our graduates even have dialogue with imams of the mosque boldly they share the good news of Jesus Christ and dialogue with them and you can see next slide uh, one of the house churches we have 12 house churches there this is one of them we thank the Lord for that neat ministry please pray for the protection of our graduates working with the Muslims because there's a lot of risk involved you can see the baptism after four or five years the new converts are received believers baptism it is not easy but God is at work God is doing it please pray for uh, the ministry among the Muslims and now we work with the Hindus we work with the Buddhist and Muslims and we also work with the tribal groups there are over 2,000 people groups in India never heard the gospel not even one time and you can see on the on the screen next slide our ministry to the remotest places when we get there we can tell we have already already fulfilled the Great Commission because we are at the end of the world end of the earth there <clears throat> and uh, it took three hours of hiking to get into this village on the left hand side you see the slide uh, you can see the trail going up we got three Americans with us to go because you know we want them to experience this I want to invite Pastor Tim to hike these places and get an experience of what is happening in remote places three hours of hiking and these people were animists 
worshipping the idol, uh, not the, the worshipping the nature and offering animal sacrifices their young boys sleep walk at night and found dead in the in the woods they got so worried and they did not know what to do they were offering more sacrifices to demons it's a demonic attack they do believe and then our graduates heard about it they walked they hiked three hours to get there began to fast and pray nothing else finally all the demons i need two hours to explain all this so so i am going to cut down and fasting and praying when the demons left they began to share the good news of jesus christ the whole village came to the lord praise god hallelujah i wanted this american young people who support our ministry uh, go and see it so we hiked you can see the trail going up and when we were there um the pastor came and told us uh, you need to leave before it is too late because there are black uh, black bears in the woods and they will attack so i went to these young people and said they are not young at middle aged i told them uh, brothers we need to leave because indian bears like american meat <laughs> next slide will show you something about uh, these people don't come with a bible see a fellowship of churches gathering about 2000 people gathering bill and kathy britton one time attended some of, one of these fellowship uh, of churches meeting they walked 10 to 15 miles to get here they stay overnight there is no roof under the, uh, above their head they sleep on on the field open field and you can look at that picture and see that's what they worship they don't come with a bible because there is no bible in their dialect no hymn book and the pastor knows the state language and he would read and preach and the people believe so that is that remote it is but i truly believe there is a lot of power that um, that they are experiencing on a daily basis because the precious souls have been purchased by the blood of jesus christ can we imagine that uh, there are people in the world uh, even in india today that never heard the name jesus christ never knew jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins and because of that they cannot experience the heaven and it is my prayer lord help agape royal ministries and first baptist church st john's and other christian organizations partner globally to send this good news of jesus christ to the people who never ever had one single chance to know about jesus christ that is what our passion that's what we want to do before it is too late we want to take the gospel to every people group hallelujah to the lord and you can see the next slide i was there in january when 57 tribal people walked into a lake and received believers baptism there's great joy to see it what is our plan for uh, 2020 we want to start church plant in sri lanka and bangladesh and uh, we are already in india nepal and myanmar so the neighborhood countries we want to cover this is one of the uh, uh, students in our bible college uh, charles he is the only convert from a uh, from a buddhist tribe called marma and uh, he wants us to go to bangladesh and share the good news of jesus christ would it be possible yes god can do all things 
$100 a month was our total income in 97. I, because Jeff is here, I cannot make up stories. He knows everything happening. So I'm telling you the truth, but God has blessed. It is not without people like you. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, for your generosity in support and prayer. And also we are, we are going to start uh, Logos College African Extension uh, in Zimbabwe to train uh, untrained pastors uh, to learn the Bible, the, 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 all the doctrines, and they will also get a certificate from our Bible college. So we are going to do in January. Wherever God opens the opportunity, we want to serve him and honor him. That's our goal. And also we are in child care. In 1995, we started child care in India. And now we have eight children's homes in India. And you already hear about the children's home stories from Jeff and others. We thank the Lord for that neat ministry. We, are, we have 145, students, 45 kids in our care that we are able to share the good news with them and lead them to the Lord. There is no more great joy to know that these children walk in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. And also, please uh, understand that there is a, there's a lot of persecution going on in India. Christianity is a threatened minority in India. Please pray for us. Here is a slide where this uh, father and the son and his mother, they were all attacked by Hindu radicals. You can see the young boy, his teeth is knocked down. It's not because of any other reason, because they involve in ministry. There are 500 plus pastors arrested. Either they are in police custody or in jail today in uh, one state alone, Uttar Pradesh, where we have also 24 church plants. So this is something uh, you need to pray for us whenever you remember. This is another slide. A few years ago, there were 47 Christians killed in a state called Odisha. In Odisha, we have 30 plus churches and three children's homes. And um, uh, 14 of them were pastors. Five of them were burned alive. You can see the slide. A girl is burned alive. But in spite of the persecution, we will continue to serve the Lord. We will share the good news of Jesus Christ, after opportunities the Lord brings, and we want to do it. 450 churches planted by God's grace, we could never do it. And we thank the Lord for blessing Agape Royal Ministries. Many of these locations, if it were not for Agape Royal Ministries and God, these people would not have heard the gospel. So we want to thank the Lord for every opportunity God gives. And next slide will tell you what is our goal. Glorify Christ through training young people to plant churches. That is what we do in our Bible college. 500 plus graduates serving the Lord, preaching, planting churches in all these countries. As you know, we have a booth, a display over there at the Welcome Center. Please come by and uh, have a brochure. And also we have sign-up uh, sheet that you can sign up to receive the newsletter. And I also want to tell you that this ministry you can trust. We have completed 25 years serving the Lord in India. We are always partnering with the Baptist Children's Home. And uh, there are so many pastors visiting us. We do not give them a chance to suspect us. 
this ministry is so transparent. That's the way we want to keep it, keep it and continue to do the ministry. Anybody has a question at any time, they can directly ask. We people sponsor church buildings. We take them when they come to India to those church buildings that they paid for to preach from that church to also to know we did exactly what we said we did. So this is a ministry you can trust. Between 93 and 95, 93 I started this ministry, between 93 and 95 it was very difficult and I had to spend a lot of time praying meditating on God's word, waiting on the Lord for God's direction because there was no income to start the ministry. At two years, the two years, God taught me a lot of lessons. And one thing I said, one day I sat before the Lord and I said, Lord, I know there are more, uh, there are people more educated, more gifted, more eloquent. They are very knowledgeable than me. But if you give me a ministry, I'll be true to you with your resources. And till today, we could do it. To God be the glory. And now we go forward because uh, the pastor gave me some time to meditate from God's word. I'm going to uh, look along with you to a passage, a psalm. In the Old Testament, we know of Psalm 96. Psalm 96. Psalm 96 is a beautiful psalm. I titled this sermon as Acclamation and Proclamation. Acclamation, I mean worship. Giving God the glory. Praising God. That's what we are doing right now here. We did it. And the other one is proclamation. Proclamation is sharing the gospel, the missions, evangelism, acclamation, worship, proclamation, missions. Acclamation and proclamation should go hand in hand. Worship and the missions are like the two sides of one coin. They are together. They are not, cannot be separated. If we worship the Lord, we have responsibility to the missions. And Psalm 96, let me uh, give you some general observation. This psalm was written by King David uh, when the ark of God was brought from the house of Obedidam uh, in a place uh, where... Uh, which was prepared by David in Jerusalem. So the ark is being brought to Jerusalem from a house where the ark of God was set for a long time. And you can see if we go to the Old Testament passage, David is dancing before the ark. Real worship. I'm not asking everybody to dance, but I'm saying that's the joy that was coming out when he was worshiping the Lord. He forgot who he was. He forgot he is the king. He was so thrilled and excited about worshipping his Lord, his Jehovah. Psalm 96, general observation is this. It is a praise psalm. Look at verse 1. Sing unto the Lord. It's a praise psalm. And second, it is a psalm with a missionary theme. In verse 2 and 3 it says, show forth show forth that means you not only worship the Lord but also we have a missionary obligation it's a missional psalm and the third it is a royal psalm it says tell the nations tell the nations 
So it's a royal psalm. So there were three, th three things I said. It's a praise psalm. It's a missional psalm. It is also a royal psalm. Psalm 96 is a revelation of God's glory in three dimensions. This is going to be the outline of my sermon. God's revelation of God's glory in three dimensions. One, the declaration of God's glory through worship is a praise psalm. Second, the demonstration of God's glory through missions is a missional psalm. Display of God's glory, the third, at his second coming, it is a royal psalm. So now we are going to look into these three uh, divisions that we found in Psalm 96. The first one is declaration of God's glory through worship. There are three things we would do, we would consider about worship. The first one is invitation to worship Jehovah. Please look at verse 1 if you have a Bible. It says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Also, please look verse 8 and 9. Ascribe unto Jehovah the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship Jehovah in holy array. Tremble before him all the earth. I got a loud voice. I, I hope from that booth you can control my sound. Look at this passage that we read. It talks about his court. Offering. Holy array. All describe the external aspect of worship. Yet it communicates the need for internal spiritual holiness. I will explain that. There is an external aspect in worship. But that's not enough. There's an internal aspect. What is true worship? True worship is both the divine and the human meet in our spirit. That means God meeting us in our soul. Only then the true worship takes place. The result is this. Result, our inmost being leaps into worship and adoration. That's what David did. He was dancing before the ark. Because his inmost being began to leap into praise and worship and adoration. It happens only when we worship God in truth of God's word in holy living. The external aspect are Im is important. But that is not worship. Internal aspect is worship. When we sing, we praise God, the divine, should meet our soul in our heart. If this would be possible only if we worship God according to the word. There are so many kinds of worships all over the world. They call it worship. But God is not pleased. Why? It is because they don't do it according to God's word. According to God's word in holy living. When we worship the Lord, we should worship the Lord according to God's word. We should be living a holy life. Only then, God the divine will meet our soul and spirit. And our heart leaps into worship and adoration. In fact, we do forget about ourselves. We do worship the Lord. 
David forgot about himself. It leaps. We don't have to dance. Without dance, it can, our soul can leap into worship and adoration and praise us to God. So here is the invitation. Come worship the Lord according to his word in holy living. The second, the reasons to worship the Lord. Verses 4 to 6. Are you with me? If you don't understand my accent, I am going to call Jeff to translate. Can you do, brother? Second, the reasons to worship the Lord. There are two things I am going to say. First thing is this. For his creative work. Verses 4 to 6. Let's look. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods are idols. But the Lord made heavens. And next to verse 6. It's a beautiful passage. Look at that please. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Why should we worship Jehovah? His honor, his majesty, his strength, his beauty, his creativity, all should cumble us to worship him. He is the creator. All our gods are idols. They are fake gods. They are demons. But Jehovah is the creator. He needs to be worshipped. He alone should be worshipped. Let's see the second reason. In verse 2, his redemptive work. Not only he is the creator, he is the redeemer. That one reason is enough to worship him. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Look at that word salvation. When we talk about the idols, there is no salvation. And here there is salvation. Proclaim the goodness of his salvation. He is the God who redeems. He is the one who saves. While clear creation declares his glory, salvation demonstrates his glory. He is the creator and he alone is the savior. We have 330 million gods in India. Would that be enough? For over 1 billion people to worship. But we know all of them together cannot save a single soul. And the cow is a sacred animal in India. When I go to your steakhouses. I am so happy. <laughs> the holy cow is in my tummy. So we have considered two reasons to worship the Lord. Because he is the creator. Second, he is the redeemer. Praise God. He is the creator and redeemer. Not like other gods. And uh, now we'll go to the third aspect of um, um, the worship. The participants of the worship in verses 7 and 8. And verse 7. Give to the Lord all families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Oh, families of the peoples, that all the people groups, every family from every people group, give God the glory 
And verse 8, give to the Lord glory due unto his name. Do we do that? Glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his court. Praise God. What a beautiful passage. So what does he say? The participants of worship are the families of the peoples. That means all the nations. What does Great Commission says? Go make disciples of all nations. All the people groups. There are so many more people groups never ever heard the gospel. We can do it by God's strength and power. We have the authority to go there. Because the Great Commission includes an authority. And his presence is with us. And he says, all families of the peoples, all the families of the nations, give him the glory. How would this happen? This is where the mission becomes important. We like to be the worshippers. It's easy. But worship without mission is void. Because Psalm 96 tells us, you worship, give God the glory. Then Psalm 96 says, sing forth his goodness. Tell the people who he is. That is missions. So these two aspects are inseparably put together. Worship and missions. Now we'll go to the second important point in our sermon. Demonstration of his glory through missions. I and you are worshippers. Praise God. Very good. God is pleased. We are worshipping the Lord in truth and spirit. According to God's word in holy living. Very good. Then comes the second responsibility. Demonstration of his glory. Experiencing that glory. Declaring that glory. That's very important. And see how the direction of the flow changes from worship to witness. In verse 1, sing. In verse 2, show forth. So from sing to share. Sing unto the Lord, share his salvation. And there is a lesson hidden in this sequence. If you follow me. There is a lesson hidden in this sequence. First, upward towards God. And then outward towards men. Worship witness upward then outward worship witness from glorifying God through our personal and corporate worship to declaring God's glory all glory belongs to God friends all glory belongs to God I can be so proud because Agape Royal Ministries established 450 churches I can be. But that's not what God expects from me. All glory belongs to him, not just verbally. Through our action and attitude, all glory belongs to God. Give God the glory for all accomplishments. This is a wonderful church. Beautiful sanctuary. Who did it? Amen. I heard about a woodpecker in Texas. Not in Michigan, Texas. And this woodpecker was getting, you understand woodpecker? Getting the meat stick from the wood. 
and all of a sudden there was a lightning. The tree split into two and the bird escaped. And uh, he went and brought nine more woodpeckers. Now there are total ten. And brought to the tree and asked, did you see it? The tree split? Yes, I did it. There's a temptation to say that, isn't it? So what is mission? Definition. Mission is the spirit-led human response to the revelation of God's divine essence, his glory. We worship and experience God's glory. Then the spirit of God leads us to the missions. It's a spirit-led human response. That means God is requiring from all worshippers who are filled with the Holy Spirit to respond to the missions. Doesn't mean we all have to go to the mission field. That's not possible. If all of you go from here to the mission field, I cannot preach here because nobody is here. Pastor Tim cannot. There should be some people, but there are so many other ways that we can get involved in the missions. Amen? Because we acknowledge God, we respond to Him in worship. We know he alone is God. He is the Redeemer. We acknowledge it. So we worship God as a response to who he is. Then we respond to the needs of the world as witness. So we have a dual responsibility. Three things about the missions. I'm going to uh, make sure that I close in time. First, mission is the result of an encounter with the Christ. Okay? It is not just being obedient to great commission. It is the result of an encounter with Christ. What do I mean? There should be a personal relationship with Christ. Salvation. To meet Christ compels us to become caught up in a mission to the world. Mission is the encounter with Christ. If we accept Christ as our personal savior, then we have a responsibility to the missions. Second, mission is a privilege to participate in Romans 1.5, Paul makes it so clear, it is on the screen. He says, I received a privilege. I received a privilege. Mission is a privilege. We express our love to God through worship and God's love to the world through our witness. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be part of missions. And third, mission is a responsibility. If we don't combine our religion with the human love, our salvation will be incomplete or void. Combine religion with the human love means combine worship with missions. We love God, we love people. Giving God the glory and sharing that glory with the nations. Look at verse Romans 9, 1 to 3, Paul's words in Romans. I love this passage. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have, look at what Paul says, I have great sorrow and continual grief. For what? In my heart, for my brother, my countrymen. Do we have such great sorrow and continual grief in our heart for the lost around us and in the world. Paul says, I can't sleep. I'm restless. 
I want to reach these people. Worshipper, be a witness. All right, so worship and the missions. The third and the last point is the display of God's glory at his coming. Verses 9 and 10. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Psalm 96 not only talks about worship and the missions. It also talks about his second coming. God's glory will be displayed in full display through millennium. 1000 reign where Christ is going to be sitting on David's throne in Jerusalem and ruling the nations. It's going to happen. The second coming of Christ is at hand. We worship God, his glory. We acknowledge it. When we proclaim that glory to the nations, one day his glory will be displayed. Everybody can see. That's what uh, here we see uh, in Psalm 96. Let me conclude. Declaration of God's glory through worship. Demonstration of God's glory through missions. Display of God's glory at his coming. Psalm 96 is a worship psalm. It's a praise psalm. Then the praise turns into proclamation. Worship should lead us to the missions. And then it closes with the announcement that he reigns. Worship. Missions. His reign. Lordship, worship and kingship are the major aspect of this psalm. It reveals God as the creator, savior and the coming king. What a beautiful psalm. Therefore, let us bow down before him in worship. Let us stand up as witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. One day, we will sit down with him in glory. I look forward to that day. When Jesus comes back. Hallelujah to the one who deserves all praises and glory. And Philippians chapter 2 says, One day, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. That does not happen just with worship, but through missions. There should be more and more people come to the Lord and sing with us the redemption song in heaven. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain by his blood we are purchased. God's invitation to you and to me today, this morning, is that worship the Lord and be involved in missions. And his glory will be displayed one day and we share his glory with him. But there are many more people to share that glory with us in heaven. And we have a great responsibility of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ before it is too late. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God be the glory.